Welcome to this episode of Inside Publishing, the series where we interview industry experts on everything publishing. In this episode, we're joined by founder and director of Books That Matter, Molly Masters. We discussed why Molly felt that there was a need to create a space for women in the book community, what it was like appearing on Dragon's Den, the importance of collaboration and female representation, and Molly reveals some exciting upcoming projects for Books That Matter. Hello, today I'm joined by the lovely Molly Masters, founder and director of Popular Book Subscription Boxes, Books That Matter, and also the Brave Girls Book Club. So to get us going, Molly, I wondered if you could give us a bit of a background on why you decided to start Books That Matter and how it got going and grew to be the successful business that it is today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I really admire what you guys are doing with bringing more accessibility to publishing because it's definitely not the easiest industry to get yourself heard in. So I started Books That Matter when I was 20. I was in my second year of university, I believe. And like many other people, I had some frustrations around representation for women within the curriculum and outside of that too. I started to notice that there were less women being represented on the studies that we were being taught at uni. And it's one of those things that once you start to notice it, you see it everywhere. And I saw it within like the adaptations that were going on to TV, the books that were on the bookshelves and in the prize listings, and just felt like there were so many amazing authors that had the backing and had the platform on publishing, but that were not getting that kind of marketing platform, the social media hype and you know, ultimately those opportunities that often afforded to more privileged white male authors. And it led me to think about creating a platform called Books That Matter about books that do go under the radar, but are of importance and touch on some really important topics like race and politics and abilities and equality. And that was kind of how Books That Matter started. I knew that I wanted it to be a product-based business um, in the future, but I just started a platform to essentially soft launch the idea. I didn't know it was a soft launch at the time, but I basically was just putting the feelers out being like, is there every, is anybody as angry about this as I am? And like, wants an accessible way to kind of discover these new voices and also recognize, you know, that there needs to be these platforms for women, um, whether that's women in publishing or women in business as well. And it turns out there was a lot of people who felt the same way. And that meant that when I launched Books That Matter, there was kind of this ready-made community. It kind of felt like our own little book club that already felt just as strongly as I did about this underrepresentation. So I entered the idea into a local business um, awards. Um, well, not an awards, it was like a competition and um, became the first female winner. And it was really wonderful, not only to have that opportunity, but to see that there was the kind of the the starting signs of things changing in being like the first female winner of that grant money and feeling like people were really taking this disparity in publishing seriously in that there were not enough female voices being published and heard. So that was where it all came from, really, just being a bit of an angry feminist and an <laughs> bookworm and trying to put that into action. I'm very, very privileged, very fortunate to have this as my job and to have the community that we've built. It's It's amazing. 
It sounds great. And I think it sounds like there was really an appetite for it when you guys came along and you sort of tapped into that need. And I think it's great. I think you've done such a great job. So one of the things that I really love about Books That Matter is that each box is so well curated and always has a really great theme. So I wonder what the process is of how you choose those themes and how you decide what goes into each of the boxes. Yeah, definitely. It's one of our most asked questions because I think we really like to bring our community along for the journey. So our social media, which shameless plug is Books That Matter UK or on TikTok, (laughs) it's just Books That Matter. Um, We share a whole lot of the process when we're curating, when we're deciding themes and titles to put in the boxes. Um, And so inside each box, for anybody who doesn't know, there's one book by female authorship and that includes the voices of trans and non-binary people too um, and also three to five gifts from independent creatives each box alongside the gifts and the book we've also started our own first kind of foray in publishing with the Bellatrice collection which is a collectible edition of essays so one in each box to match the theme and they're written by prominent female authors activists um, anybody really who has a presence in the publishing community and is able to provide a a piece of content that's really enlightening to the theme so we've had one from Rachel Deloche Williams who wrote um, My Friend Anna which was put into a, a serialization on Netflix called Inventing Anna our one coming up which is by a um a solo traveling writer um, she has an amazing book I can't say too much because it's not been put out there yet um, but it is we've got some really amazing voices and that feels like a really nice step into having more exclusive content that's written for us but in terms of the themes and the books that kind of comes about generally looking at kind of publishing trends we at first it was kind of listening to our what we liked and what the community liked and it still is very much about that but as our community grows more and more we've got to think about what is kind of becoming popular what voices are people really loving and yeah just thinking about the themes in that way so we tend to make some seasonal themes but mainly also just kind of staying in touch with what's going on in the world and where people are at in terms of whether they want to focus on mental health whether they want to focus on different awareness months and what kind of themes they want to learn about because ultimately that's what the boxes are for to kind of bring those themes to light and provide a space for people to explore them and then in the next coming weeks we have our app launching which we've spoken very little about at the moment oh, exciting super exciting um, we've been working really hard on it and it's kind of a space that we want for people to have off of social media so that they can have this space which feels like their book club um, and that exists and it's kind of a safe space for them to explore those themes even further Um, because what we found I think is that people do have that kind of social media fatigue even more so than we Mm. possibly did at the time of lockdown because there's so much noise at the moment with like so many different platforms coming about we kind of want one simple space where people can connect with each other about books about authors about getting into publishing yeah all good things really so we're super excited about that yeah, that sounds really exciting. Could you tell us a bit more about what the app's going to have? So is it like a forum-based sort of thing? Yeah, or? so it, it's entirely based around serving our community. So for months, we've been doing little bits of feedback here and there and research about what the community wants um, and kind of how to build an online community that really serves them and puts you know the reader at the heart of the reading because 
I think sometimes with things like TikTok and with Instagram, it can all get a bit lost. It's a very noisy space. It's mm. amazing. Don't get me wrong. But I think that there's sometimes information overload. People don't know what books to read, um, how quickly they should be reading them, what writers to be reading. And we wanted to create this space that is just about the Books That Matter audience and they can talk to other subscribers. We can organise events for them. We're going to have exclusive author chats on there. So really moving towards some exclusive content for our subscribers that exists as part of their membership. So for the box really to be just the beginning of their experience of what Books That Matter is and for them to then be able to step inside that app and you know speak with their favourite authors make friends who love the same books as them. We've also got some discounts from other female-led businesses um, that will be exclusive to our subscribers, as well as loads of great interactive things like ebook downloadables. We've really built it into a space that like to do as much as possible as we can for people, because I think at the moment, definitely people want to be getting their value for money at a time when like money is becoming a lot more like scarce, especially disposable income for people. So we really want to just make it feel like we're really serving them. And the app feels like such a good and natural way to do that. We're really excited about it. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. And I think that will that will be really popular as well, I think, because I agree that so there's so much out there on social media that sometimes you do just want to stay in your own little corner of the internet that's nice and yeah. welcoming. And I, it sounds like this yeah. will provide a really good space to do that. So. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're really excited. And I think there was a time when Facebook groups were really great. But I just think that Facebook itself is changing. Obviously, now we know it as like meta and it Mm. is that that environment is changing very rapidly. And I think those supportive spaces for women to connect and talk are very sacred. And I feel like personally, yeah, they're just not about anymore for business women, for readers, for writers. I think there needs to be a, a newer space for people to be able to hold that community um, without it being kind of like, it feels really great that we can own this space. It's not on any other social media platform as well. Yeah, definitely. You can like make it completely your own and yeah, curate it that way. Yeah, it sounds really good. I also just wanted to touch on your recent appearance on Dragon's Den because I really appreciated and admired how much you stuck to the goals and the mission of Books That Matter <laughs> when you were questioned about your audience being just for women. So I wondered how you found that experience and did you find it challenging to almost disagree with their views? It was terrifying, but it was, I mean, I don't know anybody who's walked away from or walked into that den and not been absolutely terrified, but it was incredible. And honestly, one of the most incredible experiences of my life. And it was, I think that watching it back disagreeing with the dragons looks scarier than it actually was I remember going in there and I was in there for about two hours wow. um, obviously you only see like a 10-15 minutes yeah like um I still have not watched it from beginning to end in in its in full since it aired <laughs> I don't know why I've watched it in snippets and I'm okay with that but there's something very weird about watching yourself on tv two years ago like that was filmed two years ago oh wow I, I didn't realize it was that long ago yeah so it was it was a while ago now and um it was it's just crazy um to look back on that and yeah I think at the time going in there and having that lead up um the disagreement between like obviously Sarah and Deborah um you know not really fully I don't I personally don't believe that the product just wasn't for them there's a lot of times in business Mm. where the product that you produce is just not for that person 
and I know that they had their views which I will always kind of dispatch my own views with with respect so I completely respect their opinion but obviously I disagree with it we did have a really good chat after that which obviously wasn't going to air but it was definitely easier at the time to kind of air my own views because it was a lot different how you see it on tv in that they do cut out the most dramatic parts because it makes good tv it really does and like obviously a lot of people had a lot to say about that um which was predominantly in our favour. And having that spotlight on our ethos really helped people to connect with the business when they were viewing it for the first time on TV. But when we were in there, it was, it was actually just a, a quite nice, like lively debate. And for me, you know, I haven't walked through circles in publishing and in business without being challenged. Some people go on Dragon's Den and they feel hugely protective. And it's the first time they really have been tested but for me, it was important to say, you know, I, I respect your opinion, but this is something that I feel incredibly strongly about. It's the reason I created the box was for women. And that is just something that I couldn't ever feel like I've walked away from the purpose. And the purpose is always to platform and empower women. And it just wasn't something I don't think money is ever worth changing the morals of why you started something. And that was just very clear to me in those moments when I was in the den. I felt fiercely protective. I remember telling Izzy, who is like my longest standing team member. She's been there since nearly the beginning. And I was saying it's like the only thing I know that's close to like motherhood. I felt fiercely <laughs> protective of it to the point where I would defend it. I don't know. I it's, As soon as I said to Deborah that I disagreed with her, I thought, oh, my God, what the hell are you doing? Um, <laughs> But you just, I don't know, having them challenge it, it wasn't the first time that I had been challenged, but it's the first time that it was all at once and very, very concentrated. And I just felt very protective of it. I was like, no, this is what I stand for. And I can't back down because as much as it would be exciting to work with a dragon, the reason I went in there was not really for the money because we were invited on, which is a huge honour, but really just to have somebody with us who would be able to guide us, but also be aligned with why books that matter existed and so for me as soon as I knew that Sarah um, and Deborah Deborah didn't actually agree with where we were coming from I knew that they weren't the dragons for us Mm. Um, and so that made it easier I think because it was all about alignment and like you know passion for me and luckily Peter and Stephen and Tuka really got it and that was really great and and the women themselves after that moment were, were super lovely and they were really supportive of the business and obviously it is a profitable and successful business in its own right and so yeah it was scary but I think it was important to just stand your ground and I think most of the time women are told to compromise Mm. um, or make themselves smaller in some situations but in that time in that moment I just didn't feel I felt terrified but I didn't feel regretful of not bending in any way because I just don't think that compromising on your morals when you've come this far is is just worth is worth doing that yeah definitely and I think you standing your ground and listening to your instinct and your gut it, it even further amplified the message of books that matter and the people that were viewing it and seeing it for the first time it mm. would have resonated with them more that you saw you did sort of stick to your guns and not yeah not change anything about the business yeah so. Thank yeah. you. I was so worried about it airing because you really don't know what they're going to cut until you see it. I yeah. didn't see a single part of it. And I think that was terrifying because that, and I think that was what was scaring me most as we approached the date that it was going to air 
because I didn't know if they would include that and there maybe wouldn't be any clarity on why I turned down the offer but I actually think that as scary as it was um those were like the most vulnerable parts of me being in the den and I think it made it it made the business feel really human and really real Mm. I'm so appreciative of the amount of people who messaged us and found us and really got behind our message and our purpose and I think it did you know sometimes having to talk really fiercely in defense of your product is the way that people then go well yeah I agree with that too and you kind of stir up emotion in people which was really great and we've we've definitely gained a lot of traction and like a lot of positive um feedback and a lot of positive opportunities off the back of that yeah that sounds great so did you film that was it before sort of the pandemic so it was during it was during the pandemic so that was a very weird time to be like in the bbc studios but everyone was like masked up and like um, then you obviously only took them off when you were going into being filmed that must have been so strange yeah to me it seems that like just reading in general and sharing what you're reading grew in popularity over the pandemic did you find that with books that matter did it grow with that trend yeah absolutely I I mean like all business owners at the time I was I was just so frightened of losing everything I'd built for the last like two two and a bit years and I just couldn't I didn't really know what to do I was I was shielding from pretty much the moment the pandemic started because I have a chronic illness and that was what I was told to do and I think mm. for, for a very long time, I thought, I don't actually know if the business will survive this because it was completely, I mean, we've heard the world unprecedented a million times, but it really yeah. was a very unprecedented time. And nobody had ever gone, there was no textbook or no blog post to read about how to get through this. And I think at the start, I was very much preparing for the worst. Like, how could we ride this out? What would we do if people didn't have any money or if people didn't want to buy things or I didn't even know how we were going to pack the boxes whether our fulfillment center was going to be able to yeah, be open gosh. but what we did see was a surge in people obviously reigniting their passions and reconnecting with their hobbies and we spent so much time with ourselves that we were able to do that and yeah we actually quadrupled in size in the space of about three months in the pandemic wow um, and it was incredible and that was I think down to partly the demand for reading at the time and that escapism and community but also I think you know we wanted to gift something to ourselves because the only way we could actually do anything was have something sent to our door but I also think that at the time I'm I'm so proud of how resourceful the team and I were because we really did we went to town on our outreach with working with publishers and organizations like the Women's Prize for Fiction who weren't able to publicize their author's work they were not able to do events they were not able to do uh book launches and we were kind of excited to be able to platform a lot of that and be able to work with authors we had our own little online literary festival we had a brilliant collaboration with the women's prize for fiction and i think that went that was in turn such a brilliant thing for us to be able to adapt for the industry and that's something that i'm really proud of and i probably don't speak enough about but it it took some real hard graft to pivot in that way where we weren't we we hadn't done that before the collaboration side of things and working directly with our you know suppliers and organizations and it was probably one of the things that helped us to grow and, and saved it because we were able to get in front of lots of people who did need the books and they did need to read to be able to get this difficult time 
Um, and we met so many amazing people along the way in terms of that collaboration. So yeah, it was it was a momentous time, but one that really helped us to grow. And I'm so, so grateful for that. It was a, such a, well, it still is. It's still ongoing, really, isn't it? It's a challenging time, mm. but I think that the word collaboration is really key because I think that's what kind of got everybody through and in yeah. terms of just like personal lives, in terms of business. And I think it's great that you also experienced that and managed to forge these new relationships and partnerships with other businesses and things. Yeah, yeah. I think now the collaborations have become such a natural and very important part of our year, like who we're working mm. with and 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 what, you know, what needs our attention. So as obviously a lot of world crises evolved during those two years that we were in the pandemic, we we worked with Choose Love and did like charitable box and online events with them. We worked with Jamila Jamil's I Way campaign. And that was really rewarding to kind of get women talking really openly about how our bodies have changed through the pandemic and kind of accepting ourselves and what our bodies have done for us. And, you know, Jamila and her team were very gracious and they donated the profits from their um, side of the collaboration to Choose Love as well. And that was just, yeah, a very, very heartwarming thing to be able to do. And I've always wanted to be able to use our platform to be able to support other things like charities and organisations too, because I do feel like it's a bit of a cheesy saying, but we do rise by lifting others. And I do feel mm-hmm. very strongly that like, that's how women have got to the place that we are in our ability to be, you know, innovating and diversifying different industries by allowing other women to have a seat at the table. And yeah, that's just something that I always want to continue doing. Yeah. And that that was a really huge part of getting through the pandemic for us. Yeah, definitely. Why did you think that reading became so important to people in that difficult time I think when we had so much time to ourselves we were I mean I was certainly within about two weeks bouncing off the walls I just didn't really know what to do with myself and I think when the world becomes really big and scary and we feel very small in terms of our impact and our ability to do anything or change anything we look to storytelling in whatever format that means to us. I mean, we were all binge watching Bridgerton and my goodness, normal people was a cultural moment. Oh gosh. <laughs> but... Yeah. Everyone was obsessed with that. <laughs> Connell, Connell's chain was yeah. a paid actor. Like, just... The Instagram account. Yeah. Oh my God, I know. I'm still not over it, but things like that. We, we needed stories just to get through. Yeah. Um, and to immerse ourselves. We weren't and it makes me feel really like teary and upset to this day when I think about what a momentous part of our lives that was. Like we weren't able to see each other. We didn't have mm. any connection. And, you know, there were lucky people who were able to lock down with their families and their loved ones. But that we also had a lot of subscribers who were alone and who reached out to us being like, this community is like all I have in terms of my immediate connection to others. And so like that was incredible to be a part of you know being able to connect people and being able to comfort them in a time where we really needed it but I think in terms of stories and reading it is just the fact that it's such a human thing to be able to connect to a a character and a setting and a time and aside from the escape we know that reading improves our mental health and it helps us through Mm. these crises and and that's something that we're working towards now in terms of we know that the cost of living is affecting people's ability to pursue their passions and their hobbies but I don't believe that reading is a luxury and I think that there needs to be some disruption there that is meeting the consumer where they're at because 
people need to be able to access books and stories whether that's ebooks or or you know kindles whatever people need their audiobooks podcasts netflix um i think you know we're not immune to the price rises as a business so books that matter for now has to stay the same and we're very appreciative of people continuing to support us with what we produce now I can't say too much, but we're going to be launching something very soon because it's been very reactive as to people's situations, but which really simplifies our offering and gives people an opportunity to be part of our community and access the stories that they love um, and kind of take care of their mental health in a very habitual way. And something that, yeah, we're kind of creating something that does acknowledge how people are feeling right now in that the pandemic kind of just stopped and we're kind of expected to just get on with it and we're in the middle of like a mental health crisis because of that Um, but nobody's got time to read or comfort themselves anymore and so we're really trying as a small business as much as we can to acknowledge that and be reactive to it and and bring something to life that's going to help people with that. I think that's a really great idea because as you say it's like it feels like we haven't really processed what the past two years have done to us but it's like the world life is up and running again so we should just get back into it and we don't want to lose the good aspects where we were sort of more connected to like literature Mm. and things we enjoyed and our passions but it's also had such a massive effect on our mental health that it's such a weird situation to be in and it does feel like it's kind of been ignored a little bit so it's it's great that you're acknowledging that and sort of starting that discussion around it yeah we're just hoping we can do what we can um because I don't believe that people's hobbies should be a luxury you know yeah we don't I don't think that especially young people in an industry who are already underpaid and overworked our our spare time shouldn't be dependent on disposable income because we're coming out of a crisis where people have had to not be in work and not have any savings and now they're being told that they've got less money and less time for themselves so people are basically just working to like living to work yeah as opposed to working to live and I think that's something that we really want to address um very very soon because I don't believe that you know when we're living professional lives and trying to you know adult (laughs) very hard to like make time for yourself as it is um but now you've got no money for it it's a very different story and I think that's why people's mental health is going to be Mm. you know taking a big hit so you know where we can (laughs) and where we're able to we're going to try and make space for that and to be acknowledging that you know access to stories and making time for your reading is something that we can all do like if we band together and do it as a community and you know support one another then I think that's it's incredibly important and there's not enough time that is spent to encourage people to read I think five years ago people were probably thinking that meditation was a bit hippy dippy but now everybody's on headspace or calm and yeah I think we've all really adapted to the fact that you know something something seem really like woo woo but they're actually just the things that are really really good for us and so if we're spending time on meditation and skincare and exercise for our wellness and for our you know physical health too I I think that what we want to do at Books That Matter and, and with our new venture as well is enforcing that people should or not enforcing but like (laughs) encouraging people that you know reading should be as a big part of your wellness routine as much as you would do you know some time at the gym or your skincare routine and your meditation like you should be expanding your mind and and giving yourself that time to escape and empathize with different characters yeah it just makes us better people 
Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's a really important discussion to be having. I have one last question. So our audience is made up of young professionals and students who love to read and also want to get into publishing or further their career. Do you have any advice on building a career out of your passions or any advice on working in the publishing industry? Absolutely. So when I started out, I did I, I did feel like the publishing industry was very closed off and mm. it was very hard to get into. But there are people who are willing to give you a shot. And I found a lot of those people at London Book Fair. That was where I made some initial connections. But one thing that I did find when I was a young professional and I had no money, but a lot of ambitions was just emailing people and asking for, you know, free tickets and a meeting with them. People are nice. You'll get a lot of rejections, but people do want to help you and they do want to support you and see people succeed. And I think if you give people that really human interaction, give them a chance to let them know what you what your dreams are and what you want to do. Um, I think that you'll you'll strike a chord with somebody who's got a similar story to you and people would people do want to help. I would say in terms of starting a business or a, a career out of your passion find a community I know that that's like what we're really big on in books that matter but find your people who are going to be doing the same things as you and you know as women we are told that other people are our competition but I definitely think just by reaching out to people on Instagram joining some groups you know trying to find people who will support you there are so many different business accelerators you know Facebook groups about you know connecting women with professional experience there's so much out there. So I would absolutely say just find your group, find your people who are going to support you along the way. And it will accelerate your journey more than you would ever be able to do on your own, because you don't have to do it all on your own. Um, So I would say that that's the main way of like, making a passion into your full time, you know, maybe, maybe that's your employment, maybe that's your business. But doing that, you need to find other people who are aligned with that passion too, who are going to help you make that a reality. And that's why I admire so much what you guys do, because I think that community is such a big part of us being able to do what we want to do with our lives by kind of referring other people, giving them a leg up, helping other people. Mm. um, And, you know, kind of passing it on when that happens for us. uh, That's what I'm, I'm always really passionate about kind of making sure that I'm, what's the phrase it's kind of like when you do you pass it on is that the thing what's yeah the I know what you mean you kind of you do a good thing and you kind of pass it over to someone else so that's like yeah I I try and employ that in what where I can in that you know if you if someone has made space for you make some make space for someone else or like advise yeah. someone else so I definitely just think find your community be loud about what you want and it, I think that's the main thing is that as long as you communicate and you find people to talk to and make your voice heard, that's like the best way to go about it. Use social media to your absolute like limits if yeah. you want to, because LinkedIn and Instagram are such great ways to interact with people professionally. It's all there at your fingertips and just don't be afraid of being cringy or being loud and proud of what you stand for and what you believe in, because it will, it will get you places very, very quickly in this like digital age. So yeah don't be shy is what I would say I think that's all so true and I think that's all really good advice and I think it's also a good place to end our chat today so thank you so much for joining me and giving us an insight into your brilliant business yeah I think we'll all be looking forward to seeing 
the upcoming themes, the launch of the new app and just seeing it grow even more. Yeah, thank you so much. And obviously, if anybody listening wants to check us out, we're booksatmatter.co.uk or Books That Matter UK on our socials. But yeah, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you, Molly. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Inside Publishing. I've been your host, Sophie from SYP Oxford. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find more via Apple Podcasts and Spotify. See you next time.